What's good, fam? It's your boy Jorge. Welcome to another episode of Hanging with the Boys. Today I got Adam Jones with me. Hey, I'm Adam Jones. That's me. What's up, man? Uh, not a lot, dude. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, charging ahead. Yeah. Uh, Happy New Year. Thank you. You I as hope, well. Yeah, thank you. I hope uh, everything's going good for you so far. I know we're only like two, three weeks in, but... Yeah, hard know. to tell so far, but yeah. uh, no, it's going good. Everything is great. Um, working on the year. This is always a really funny time of year for me because since we have like less big tours... Um, January, February, even into March is so slow lately. You know, I used to go to Europe a lot. We'd go to Australia. We'd always have like a bunch of stuff going on through the winter. Honestly, I was slower in the summer than I was in the winter. And uh, a lot of that stuff kind of ceases to exist now. So January, February, uh, I start getting really lost and I start going like shit man is it ever gonna pick up but it always does you know and i'm trying to really take that in stride this year and not worry about it as much because i have a tendency in other years to like get really panicked right now yeah okay yeah i mean that kind of happens with a lot of different industries too there's slow seasons and yeah you know like it's like what do i do yeah and i guess the biggest thing is is that our slow season is changing you know everybody always used to ask me they'd say hey man what's your season like and i'm like dude, it's all year, you know, yeah. you get a week off here and there, but like, we didn't have, we didn't have seasons. There's always somewhere to go where you could do freestyle motocross and make some money. And, uh, it seems as if lately it is a little more seasonal. So that's quite an adjustment for me to, to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, do you have any, uh, new year's resolutions that you put upon yourself? No, no, none. I've actually never had new year's resolutions. I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I guess it's just because like, I don't really wait till the new year to go like, I want to change something. Right, um, yeah. Usually, usually I try to just fix the problem when I notice it. Like I, I've been trying to, not that I ever really ate bad, but like trying to really clean up my diet over the last, you know, three or four months, really. Like I didn't start it at the beginning of this month, but maybe that's a resolution. We can call it a resolution if you want. <laughs> yeah. No, that's for sure. That's why I've been, we kind of talked about it right before we started here, just like new diets and just eating good. But yeah, I started that before the new year's and everything, but, um, yeah, dude, the, the, whoever's in charge lies to us and we're eating a bunch of garbage. Oh dude, that is so true. And you know, the older you get, I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I kind of worry a little bit and like try a little harder, you know, you, you just, I'm turning 40 this year and I'm thinking like, fuck, this is like, am I allowed to swear in this podcast? Oh yeah. Okay. Fuck. Um, I just kind of go like, uh, you know, at this age, like some people are starting to get cancer diagnosis. They're starting to really be unhealthy. They're really slowing down. Like, I don't want that man. And I think it's totally possible today with like how, how much information's out there on nutrition and taking care of yourself to not do that. So yeah, it's like the older I get, the more I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to that part of my life and like working harder in the gym and like working harder on what I eat. And honestly, Kim's a huge motivator with all that stuff. She's yeah. in the gym every morning for an hour and a half. She's super strict on foods, sometimes maybe a little, little too strict, Kimberly. Okay. Sometimes I just want that pizza or the taco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, with that being said, how long, cause you are like in good shape and you do work out, you're keeping strong. You don't really take too many diggers that I see. So how long do you think you'll ride for? Whew. Like it's a good question. And, and, one... and I think mostly is because, well, I think two parts, like one is mental. And then the other part is you could have the best mentality, but if your body doesn't hold up, yeah, then and so, vice versa. Yeah, exactly. The, also, as I get older, you know, the vice versa of that is starting to affect me where like mentally it's getting harder to like, just go out every day and be like, dude, just send a double grab flip. What's wrong with you? Just yeah. do it. You know, yeah. more and more now I go out and I'm like, eh, you know what? I'll cruise a little easier today. Like we're not fully comfortable. Let's have a nice cruisy day and just build some more confidence. And like, I can't get myself to that level of confidence anymore that I had maybe 10 years ago, something like that. I mean, 10 years of that, that's a long ways away, but even just like five years ago, I have a hard time of like getting to that level of confidence where I just know I got everything and it's just a matter of getting the reps out. So I don't know, dude, like I wonder about this all the time. And, 
at the level I'm riding, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much longer I can do it. Body wise though, probably longer than mental. I don't know. <laughs> I'm working on both of those, you know, like right. I'm trying to get my body better and I'm trying to, you know, get my mental game a little better. I've actually been doing like brain treatments. I'm heading today from here to go do a brain treatment called MERT, which is supposed to, you know, reverse a little bit of the trauma you've taken and kind of like, you know, the way I understand it is it can really help with just that day-to-day -day weirdness that you feel mm. sometimes, which I feel about what I do sometimes. But anyways, um, I don't know which is going to give first. And yeah. I feel on good days, man, I feel like I got a lot of years. And if I just back down a couple tricks, like say I lose a trick every two years, I got a lot of years left, man. Yeah. Me and talk always talk and he always jokes. We ride till we 50, mate. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right, dude. We yeah. might actually be riding till we're 50. Well, that's definitely a person that comes to mind when I think about like you and another person that's on the same level. Uh, trick wise, you guys are doing some gnarly stuff and you guys are on the older age and uh, like, I don't see Taka stopping. I, you know, no. I, don't, I don't really talk to Taka, so, but I don't see him mm -mm. stopping and you don't see him crash. Like I said, like maybe his mental's there yeah. and also like he probably works out. I'm not really sure, Yeah. but I think his body's going to hold up enough. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, I wonder how long Taka's going to ride for. As long as he wants, I think. And you know, Taka's working out is just the reps on the bike. That guy rides all the time yeah. every day he just goes in and he gets his reps at whether it's mattos or twitches or whatever he's he might there. need to back it up a little bit because he does some gnarly tricks when yeah. i think like it's like you're doing a body varial at yeah. like a supercross and it's like yeah you know I don't it's know. strange though because tricks like that that you've had for over 10 years like dude they're always there okay. unless you have like a big fuck up on them and you eat shit like that takes you back that's how you lose a trick but without doing that like that trick is so solid where you're worried about crashing and where it is really difficult is when you have like new stuff and me and taka both have been doing like our entire repertoire for so long so yeah. i just talk shit about double grab flips but like i went to nitro in october and i was like dude you've been a pussy for how many years five double grab flips every day that's your sentence you know and i did it yeah. and it was fine and it was like great and i i got way more confidence and so like that trick is still there and like same for Taka. I think those are there. I don't know when he has to back it down and oh. same for me as well. I'm not yeah. sure because he dipped his toes in the water of double backflips years back and he did a couple and I know he was super stoked to like have that landmark achievement. Yeah. And then he went, no, too hard. Not for me. Like he knew that level. Taka knew that like the double backflip is a level for him that was too hard too hard to be consistent and he went no thank you see you yeah. later you know and like i would i feel the same about when i learned rock solid flips a couple of years ago on tours for me it was just like too much too hard too much mental energy like i don't want this in my life every time i ride right so i just i don't do that anymore i did it for one season and that was it and uh but i think i think guys like me and taka we know where our limits are and like dude we can ride those limits mm -hmm. you, you know it, it might get a little harder and like i said what's what are you gonna lose like a trick every two years maybe yeah that's if that's the case we can't ride till we're 50 like i don't really want to be right doing double grab flips when i'm 50 but like i wouldn't mind still putting on my own shows and riding shows so i don't know man i think i can make it easily 45 you know maybe 50 yeah. if i want to but if rampage can be built into a thing that I don't really need to ride as much, maybe, maybe I won't. Okay. Um, well, just for the listeners, I mean, I'm sure if you listen to this, you, you know who this guy is, but, um, Adam's a X games medalist, uh, prehistoric tour. era. Yeah. All that prehistoric era. He's on nitro, <laughs> nitro circus right now at the moment. But one of the things that people might not know about you is that, you are the innovator and creator of the double pits to chest. Ah, yes. The so, good old double pits so I got to get into this because <laughs> I saw a podcast with Ryan Sheckler. Yeah. And uh, so double pits to chesty was a, a, a commercial for Axe body spray. Yep. And I believe Axe is still a thing. So I think so. Yeah. So I think like the you ever see that the, uh, the Adam Sandler movie where it's like, do you have any X body spray? Huh. No, I don't, Donnie, because I'm not a fucking douchebag. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I think about it Um. Well, anyways, dude, how much you get paid for that commercial? Um, it, dude, it's really hard to remember exactly what I got and exactly how it worked. I was so 
much younger and just didn't pay attention quite as much because we were making a lot more back then. I heard this one from Sheckler and I didn't make what Sheckler Dude, made Sheckler, at all. Sheckler says he made $1 million off that yeah. double pissed chesty axe commercial. Yeah, and I reached out to my agent. I actually sent him that clip. And I'm like, <laughs> bro, we got hoes, dude. <laughs> no, nah, maybe you do. He, yeah. He's all chilling. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, we probably made like 500 grand on that. And I'm like, what? No, we didn't, dude. I think if I remember correctly, there was some agreement where like every year I would get like a base salary for running the commercial, right? Like, so it was somewhere in the neighborhood of like $35,000 or something like that, you know? And I got that paint. Look, I could be way off. If Jimmy Button's listening to this, I'm sorry, Jimmy. This is what I remember. I've hit my head a lot. I'm stupid. Sorry. But anyways, um, you know, if I remember correctly, it was roughly like 35 grand a year that they would just pay so they could run the commercial. They ran it a certain amount of times and anything they ran it on top of that, then I would start getting royalties from it. And oh, uh, the first two years, dude, those came in heavy. Like, yeah. phew, I was getting like a couple thousand dollar checks monthly from those, yeah. you know? So I don't even have a clue like what I would have made extra on top of it. But, you know, if that's for the three-year payment, if that's around $105,000, I, you know, let's imagine best case scenario, I made another like 50. Yeah. So maybe I made 150 in my pocket on that one. And that was... Residual. It wasn't yeah. uh, at one. So Sheckler made it sound like, you know, I just got a million dollars. He could have. You know? I mean, he was way, way bigger. You yeah. Know? He could have had a deal where they, you know, they, to, to get a guy like Sheckler, you're going to have to throw some money around. You know, yeah. I fucking auditioned for that commercial oh, and okay. was stoked to just get it. So like, what are they going to be like? They're, they don't have to give me a million dollars. They knew they had me, you know? Do, uh, do you remember what the audition, um, like, was about like how how it went yeah i do remember it and since i was in since i lived here in minden nevada um i was too far out of the scene for like me to go into the audition and like for it to be super legit so they just ended up sent like they sent a filmer to my house and they didn't have like you know a girl there because obviously there was a girl was part of the thing and like they didn't have a girl there so they told me and i was like well you know my my wife's here my wife at the time was there and uh, so they came up to film this commercial audition and it was at my house. And the subject that I had to pretend to like, like was my wife at the time. So it was like really like not uncomfortable at all. And I was just able yeah. to be like super natural and myself. And uh, yeah, they just recorded it in my driveway and they, you know, they told me what to do and we did it. And uh, and I got the part. <laughs> That's funny because I... You know, that kind of makes sense. So I think like I want to say you were the original. I'm, I'm like joking and stuff, but you were the first one. Yeah. Right. Um, so that after that commercial, I probably like did well enough to be like, all right, let's get another person yeah. and do another version yeah. of the commercial. So they got a skater, which was Ryan Sheckler. Yeah. So by that time, you know, you started getting paid and all that. But then Sheckler's commercial aired and then it's yeah. like yours was like over here. and Sheckler's. I wonder about that because like, dude, I. I'm slightly biased, obviously. I think mine's better. But um, <laughs> uh, I mine was on a lot, you know? Like, every time I turned the TV on, it was on there. Yeah. I only ever remember seeing his a couple times, and I just wonder, I don't know how it worked out. I don't have a clue if it was the same level of hit or if it was different. Yeah. And I'm not saying that from, like, an arrogant standpoint, like, I think mine's better. I just wonder, because from, you know, everybody had TV back then. You just watched whatever TV showed you. And like, dude, my ex commercial would just come on all the time when yeah. I was watching TV. So I don't even remember his. The only reason I knew that because I saw it on a podcast. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Checkler did have a commercial, yeah. and it was just funny because I was like, dude, Jones, let me borrow a hundred dollars. <laughs> dude, I wish, <laughs> man. Damn it, I wish I would have got a mill from that, and I wish uh, I would have kept most of the money I made in my career. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, started over numerous times. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, just to end the conversation on that, me and Mace, we were playing Call of Duty one day. Yeah. Right. And this was like maybe not even five years ago. And uh, some kid was smoking us and just talking shit. You know how Call of Duty lobbies are and stuff. Oh, yeah. And we're on there and his name was Double Pits to Chessy. <laughs> and we were cracking up. We might have even sent you the photo. And we're thinking like, dude, we know the guy that was in that commercial. <laughs> That's you know? hilarious. And he was like talking so much shit <laughs> yeah, to us. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. Maybe he would have chilled out and been your friend if he would have really believed you. Huh? Yeah. 
But then maybe it was because of Shackler, not you. I don't know. Could have been, yeah. yeah. Those was, were uh, those were amazing times, man. I miss them. Yeah, I miss when uh, freestyle was what it was, and when we played the part of it that we that we did play. Um, you know, my life's great. I'm super excited that after 22 years, like I'm still going and I'm still riding well. And you know, now turning to you know trying to create different things in freestyle motocross. But um, you know, I'd be lying if I said I don't miss that, miss yeah. what it was and what it was like back then. And for sure. Yeah, like I haven't done anything in, in moto or freestyle in a long time because of how the industry was. Mm. And I miss it back in the day, but then now I'm like, eh, you know, it is what it is. But I will say, so on the, me and Mays have talked on the podcast about it and we're like, dude, what, who can come in or what can be done to make freestyle, you know, great again, to quote Trump there. But like, what can we do? You know, because it's just like a dying sport. And mm. It's just like every year is like kind of lamer and lamer. Yeah. In my opinion, you know, um, I know people, the fans still go out and watch the shows and everything. Yep. But, um, dude, I think our savior has arrived. <laughs> Who's that? Dana White. Maybe. Dude, Dana White bought Nitro Circus. Yeah. You're part of Nitro Circus. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more of like what's going on behind the scenes? I can tell you what I know, which isn't much. <clears throat> um. But just to start, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. Like, you know, it's kind of went downhill little by little every year. And I'm at the point now where there's very few people I actually want to ride for in freestyle motocross. You know, as a rider, you make your money riding for other people. And I've rode for so many other people that I just fucking can't stand. I don't like the way they run their program. I don't like riding their shows. They fucking suck. You know, you got the entire Monster Jam crew. Those fucking dude that runs that show is such a scammer con artist and like, you know, he's controlling this huge, what could be future of freestyle motocross, but instead he's just trapping them in this little thing that he does. Anyways, I don't want to ride for much of anybody. And it's a bummer. Um, one of the reasons I started trying to do my own thing. But anyways, um, Nitro. Oh, that's what I was going to say. So it's interesting because I was talking to one guy who's on Nitro. And every time I talk to people about freestyle, I, I say the exact same thing you just said. And it's that I see it going downhill and I see that, you know, it's not what it used to be and um, bummed on it a little bit. And this younger dude that was working on tour, he was like one of the roadies that puts the crew together, like super legit, dude, really nice guy, hard worker. He was talking to me and he's like, I don't know, dude, like, I think it's coming back around again. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's weird, you know, because I don't have that perspective, but like, I'm stuck in my perspective, you know, right. and like sometimes maybe you need the perspective of somebody else who's been out of it and is just, you know, coming into it right now to, I don't know, I'm not sure. Either way, it just kind of, when he said that, I was like, huh, I sure do hope so, you know. But um, yeah, Dana White and his team, they bought Nitro Circus. Um, we did a tour in October. Dana was at... I think the last event in Anaheim, um, we also did some, we did an event in the middle of the year in Oklahoma at mid America outdoors. And mm -hmm. Dana was there and he actually came back and he had a talk with all of us riders and it was fucking sick, dude. Yeah. Like it was, cool. it was so cool. I mean, I stood from me to you away from him and he was talking about how cool he thinks nitro is and, um, you know, the potential opportunities and everything. And, um, to be honest, I don't know what's happening with that. I don't know what's happening with his involvement and if they're ramping up and they're planning more shit or if they're, you know, if they bought it for Street League and ridiculousness because that's part of the package right. as well. You got to be realistic, you know. I really don't know. And um, this year we have a really slow beginning of the year, maybe even the whole year. I don't know so far. Really slow. And it makes me wonder, are we dead? Or are they working on the future, right? Like a yeah. new team just came in and maybe took over a couple jobs and you got to imagine, you know, they can't jump right in the tour. So maybe, they, maybe they're getting prepared. I don't know. Like mm -hmm. that's, I'm hopeful that that's what's happening, but I don't know. Um, what I can speak to is the October tour that we did, um, which was 11 stops in the US. And it was pretty good. And uh, it was really cool to see where we started from. Stop one in... Damn it, I don't even remember where we started to where we ended in Anaheim because, man, everything about the tour got so much better in that mm. time. Our first show was kind of, you know, very meager crowd, very, you know, like 
not a whole lot, like no social media buzz. I mean, we haven't toured indoors in a long time. We've been doing these right. baseball fields, which are cool. It's a great show, but it's different, man. You go inside and it's it's an environment you can yeah. create in there, and it's it's sick. Arenas and, uh, are cool for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, man, after our first show, it was like, dude, there's a buzz on the internet right now. You know, I guess Dana was hitting up the heads of the uh, of Nitro and saying how stoked he was because like. Travis rode the show. Travis is the man. Like all, you know, some people yard sailed their ass off. Like Willie tried to backflip that Penny Farley thing and then uh -huh. nose bonked it and went flying. Dusty had just a gnarly get off. We we murdered a social media influencer that night. Then <laughs> like all this stuff was online and just created. We didn't really murder him. All right. We just. Was it the rapper? No, that guy. You got that one. Woo! We'll go to that in a minute. Okay. <laughs> but no, it was some Frankie <laughs> something. This dude that, I don't know if it's his ass or not, but he's got just a huge oh, yeah, yeah, ass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he that tried funny. To, he tried to go down on the trike, dude, and like wasn't trying to flip or anything, but just goes full on into half a front flip and just At what pancakes. Dude. On the regular, well, on, on the, the Giganta ramp. Right. At the regular distance. The re oh, wow. Yeah, like 40 feet or whatever they do. So anyways, all this stuff happened in the first show, plus Travis was there, which is such a big thing for the tour. Right, yeah. And after show one, dude, it was a different tour. Mm -hmm. The energy was better. More people were coming. They were like, dude, like venues are selling again. Like they haven't been selling for a couple months and like they're selling again. And it was all created from that buzz yeah. right at the beginning, which is like so cool, dude. And um, by the last show, man, like, in the in the stadium in Anaheim, like it was pretty full, considering like I, I I don't know the numbers, but it was pretty damn full. I think it was probably our biggest arena of the year, and um, the show was epic, and the people were stoked, and like to watch that transition, the transformation from the beginning to the end was amazing. So like that had us all feeling like really hopeful, you know, like we can do this. We we've came up with a not weave the the team has came up with a whole new tour like every we took it so seriously every day after practice or maybe it was before practice i can't remember we all the whole team got together and we talked about the show plan last night and we talked about what could be better what was not good what was great what we should do again and like we had these meetings at every single show and yeah. i just think so communication communication yeah. and like heart man like right. we all want this tour to succeed and we were all putting our everything into it you know a lot of times guys are out partying until six o'clock in the morning they don't even wake up till four o'clock and like there was none of that this time like everybody was in these meetings everybody was putting in their two cents and it we grew as a tour we yeah. grew a lot so like you know we're all really hopeful that something's going to happen but at the same time that was october yeah it's january there's nothing on the schedule there's no idea what's going on i mean we're going to costa rica this weekend that's mm -hmm. the only thing on the schedule and we don't really know. We don't know what the year is going to be like. And um, I think naturally when like months and months and months go by and you don't really know, you have a tendency to start doubting, worrying and yeah. all that. So I think that's probably where a lot of us are right now. But, you know, like I said, we're going to Costa Rica this weekend. I'm sure if there is some information to give out, we will hear it. You know, I think the internet buzz was awesome. I heard, yeah. I've, I heard that they had the largest which this doesn't mean anything really because a lot of people will inquire about shows and then they go, oh, I don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, once they find out how much it is. But I heard that after that tour, we just did like the largest inquiries for overseas yeah. events in like Nitro oh, wow. history. Everybody yeah. wanted it, you know, yeah. with Travis trying to double backflip and yard sale on himself. Well, <laughs> Europe is Two different. times in yeah. one show. Oh, man. I think, uh, you know, everywhere but the States is different when it comes to people wanting to see mm. entertainment like that, you know? So mm -hmm. I think that's one thing. Another thing too, which um, I've always said, like the power of influence, you know, yeah. having those guys out there and just one guy be like, hey, I'm at Nitro Circus and yeah. he has a million followers and, you know, yes. like a third of the, of the million followers see his post and they're like, oh, cool, we're in the area, we yeah. wanna go, you know? So that yep. actually does help having those type of, it's pretty crazy though that they, have these influencers and and let them do this stuff because <laughs> I don't know anymore, dude. That, dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're gonna do that this year. Oh my gosh, that might have been the last one, yeah. dude. <laughs> so that clip you got, of yeah, the, I forget his name, like Jamil or something, but uh, yeah, he's actually Jal a pretty Jalil. Jalil, yeah, he's actually a pretty big 
like a rapper. Yeah. He has like a huge fan base. Yeah. And he's known for just like super inner. He's like backflipping off of mm. tall uh, speakers and stuff. Like, well, he might be good at that, but yeah. you put some wheels under him and he's got no talent. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that was so scary. I, you know, we on tour, we call that stunt meat when we get influencers and uh, you send them down the ramp. We call it stunt meat because uh-huh. like you're just. Your meat for the show, bro. Like yeah. you're you're gonna yard sale yourself, or you're gonna land it, and it's gonna be amazing because nobody expects it. But right. one way or another, it's gonna be great. And uh, yeah, so the stunt meet was coming, and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna film this one for my YouTube, and I'm gonna go over there, and I'm just standing there with my GoPro, you know, and the homie just drops right in front of right me in, in the concrete, dude. Yeah. It was like so scary. I didn't even move for a second. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, he was all right though. Luckily, that was like that was super intense. Well, he's a buff dude. Yeah, it, it, but I, I mean, it, if you land on your face, I don't care. If how he would have been that are. one dude with the big, big ass that you're talking about, yeah, that, that guy, he probably would have been a, a lot more hurt. But yeah, Jamil, he's pretty ripped. So I think. Oh yeah, yeah. So he yeah. was able to survive that crash, but that was pretty insane, and that went viral. Like yeah. everyone was posing it because he's a pretty big deal. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, uh, but that stopped the show. I mean, that was tough. That was, that was actually during the show. That was during the show. Oh, I thought it was during practice. No, that was during oh, the show. Wow. So yeah, I mean, stop the show. Everything went quiet. You know, people get hurt at the show. It takes 15 seconds to cart them off because they're usually all right enough. Yeah. But like that one stopped it for a while. And uh, it's hard to pick the show back up. And we were all so excited about Anaheim and Dana was there and like this big crowd and like, that was tough. You know, I mean, I don't really know how long, maybe 10 minutes or something that it stopped the show. And, uh, but you know, after that, we were able to, to bring the crowd back and everybody was psyched about it, but yeah, he might've been the last stunt meet. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know, I think they should keep continue it, but yeah, not so gnarly. maybe we'll put guardrails on the yeah, gigantic something from has now to on. <laughs> but I did want to say, dude, I think since 2020, um, I think Dana's a good dude. Uh, you know he his his clips go viral of everything he says during press conference seems like a stand-up guy um real business dude and then also like wants to let people do what they they want to do and not be yeah in boundaries with like companies and stuff like that um so i think in 2020 when the pandemic happened he was kind of like the only guy putting shows out there and everything so i think with that like it went good and everyone started praising him to be like dude good job for not like yeah. yeah, doing what everyone else did, and yeah. you actually stuck your neck out there, and and you did something good for everyone, and you know you, um, you employed a lot of people during the pandemic when a lot of people were actually being laid off, right? Mm-hmm. So he did that, and then he starts this uh, slap, slap company or whatever. Insanity. And, <laughs> yeah, and according to him, it's like huge. Yeah, right? I don't see it as a fan. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that, but I'm a fan of USC. But I don't see it at all. But from what he says, it's it's humongous and everything. Yeah. So I think he's like at that point where he's like, kind of everything I touch turns into gold. Mm. So I think that's kind of the move too with, and this is like to bring you hope, you know, who knows. <laughs> but uh, I think that's part of his his thinking like, hey, I can kind of turn everything into yeah. like, so everything I look at and I see and I put my money and my time in yeah. is gonna succeed. So I think that's kind of what he's doing with like Nitro Circus and Street League and everything. So I think he sees a lot of potential in that. That's what I've heard. And just yeah. seeing just seeing his track record, I think it's a good thing. So yeah. maybe uh, a lot's in the works. Dude, I hope so. I really do hope so. And I mean, you know, they could be blowing smoke up our ass. But word on the street is that, you know, him and uh, what's the, the Fertitta dude? That's yeah. the, the other their partners i believe yeah they're the guys that bought it but apparently they think it's this you know sleeping giant they think it's this thing that could be insanely big and like yeah like i said could just be blowing smoke yeah. never know but like i sure hope so i've you know i've dedicated my life to freestyle motocross and i'm 40 years old this year and like i ain't changing what what am i gonna do go work at fucking chipotle like i got no other skills like mm-hmm. and i love this <laughs> But, you know, we've seen some trying times over the last handful of years. And, you know, I, I really do hope that they feel that way about Nitro Circus and yeah. freestyle motocross and, and action sports in general. And I really do hope they're the thing that can, like, help us get to the point where we can make a decent fucking living again. You know, it's um, it would be it would be fantastic. And yeah, they probably I, they probably see it in a different scope than most people that have been involved in it. Mm. It's probably like a fresh mind coming in and be like 
this is dope, but this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. It's probably totally different from like what you guys yeah, are used to too. Probably. So it's probably going to be a good thing. Yeah, I, I think so. And uh, I mean, like riding nitro, I was sorry, I was going to say this while in my rant I was just doing, but riding nitro has been, you know, the fav- my favorite tour that I've done. Like mm-hmm. I, I've rode for everybody. <clears throat> I've rode for Krusty. I've rode for Nuclear Cowboys. I've rode for IFMA, IFMXF. I've rode for Night of the Jumps, Night of Freestyle, Masters of Dirt, everybody. Rode for everybody. And I love Nitro. It's my favorite one. You know, the crew of people that we've had that we've rode with and worked with over all the years. And just the show. Like, I just don't get bored with the show. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can go sit and I can watch dudes on the Gigana, like, throwing down and like see who gets their personal best and who doesn't on a, any given weekend. And, and when they bring all these crazy contraptions back, you know, like they brought the Zorb back a couple of times, which is where they jump in the hole, you know, yeah. on the big ball. The big ball, yeah. That's just so much fun to watch, dude. Like those guys hate it, but I don't got to ride it. So I like it, but it's just fun. And I, I do love it. So yeah, I'll, I'll end on that with the Nitro Circus thing that I, I hope it succeeds not only because it's my living, but also because like, I love that tour. I love the people. I love riding it. I love being part of it. Yeah. Um, real quick. I know you're an athlete in it and you have a lot to lose, but do you ever want to go and try one of the contractions that they bring out? No. Or do they ever ask no, you? No, dude. <laughs> I have no desire to do any of that, yeah. man. Fucking Zorb is a giant blow up ball with a hole just barely bigger than you that you have to jump 40 foot and hit right. And have you seen the crash reels of guys landing on top of the Zorb and like bouncing out mm, the flats? Yeah. Oh, no way. Tell you what, anybody that from Moto, except for Travis pretty much, anybody from Moto that has went over to the Giganta side has had a season ender. <laughs> like Bilko, Bilko tore his knee. Uh, Mike Pora, the guy that used to run the whole thing, I think he blew his shoulder out doing that. There, there's just been so many. Don't go over there. Yeah. Don't. All right, well, that's that's good. Just in case you're an influencer out yeah. there thinking. Oh, no, no, no. Influencers should. Influ- yeah. The meat should, yeah. <laughs> Influencers, definitely. Please come ride the Gigana. Trikes are safe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into a little bit. I don't know if you talked about it since you kind of started it last year, but um, FMX Rampage is your new company that you started? Yes. Yeah. I've talked about it on the show. A oh, okay. Bit, but. Um, yeah. It's, uh, we're coming into year two. Year one was, year one was good. Year one was actually better than I thought it was going to be. And, um, you know, I don't know. I thank you a lot for helping me getting started and, and kind of starting to do this thing for, I don't know if people know this story or not, but I was thinking about doing this. So it was the end of, uh, 2022. Was it 2022? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. End of 2022, and I was supposed to have a two-year deal with that A-Shock company through Nitro. Mm. Um, A-Shock pulled everything. I mean, they they apparently, I, I don't know why, I don't know what, but they just wanted out of action sports altogether. So they pulled mm. all their money from Nitro. So my two-year contract turned into a one-year contract in December. So like, you know, this recurring scenario in my career, which is really fucking frustrating, but... December, all of a sudden shit goes haywire. Um, so anyways, yeah, they they were paying me well and that it was enough to where like, I didn't have to worry too much. Like obviously I still had to go out and make money, but like it, I was comfy with, yeah. you know, the money I was getting from them. And um, so that ended beginning of December and I reached out to everybody that I could think of to try to get a last minute deal. Nobody wanted nothing. And I was like, fuck this. I'm so fucking sick of like relying on everybody else again and being let down so i started kind of thinking about the idea of getting my own airbag and my own show and i was basically asking anybody that that i knew had done some shows just to get a feelers out of like if i could do it and like how do you find shows like what do you do like i don't even know how to find a show and uh, i reached out to one guy and he basically was like hey you should uh you should go to this convention you know this is where all the fairs go to and they look for their acts and stuff like that he said go to that convention and you'll get a couple shows and no problem. So he just told me it was the WFA convention. So I search online, the WFA convention, and it's in Reno. Mm. And it's a month away. And I'm like, dude, it's right now. Like, am, am I doing this, you know? And um, so I didn't know because I've never done a trade show. I've never been to one. Like, I didn't have a clue. I don't even know what a trade show is at this point. Just 
sounds like some shit I don't want nothing to do with. Yeah. <laughs> so I called you up and I'm like, dude, what do you think about this? And you're like, I think you should go. And I'm like, well, can you help me? I'm like, large man, baby, at this point, you know? Yeah. And you said, yeah. And you took on a lot of work to make a lot of stuff happen. To So we had a little bit of info to hand out to people. And and we went. And, you know, I missed day one because I was in Europe. And that was probably silly, but whatever. It's, you know, had to put some cash in the bank, I guess. And uh, came for day two. And it was an experience. And then uh, just did my my first trade show by myself earlier in the month as well. But uh, yeah, man, you definitely helped me to to like do it because I was scared. I didn't know. I'm like, you know, what am I going to do? Spend at that time, I thought forty grand on a on a setup. Yeah. Um, and then not even know how to do anything. So forty grand turned into seventy or eighty grand on a setup, and then got some shows last year. Point being is, it ended up being better than I thought it was going to be. I think I had I had like maybe six or seven different gigs with a total of like ten days of shows, and um. You know, I'm just looking to up that this year. And obviously you do like the basic thing, which is provide just free sell motocross shows, basic ass free sell motocross shows. We yeah. set up, we ride for 20 minutes with at whatever event you have. And we can do those. And then I've also like worked pretty hard to try to create a script for a show that's like nearly two hours and like different, you mm -hmm. know, fun stuff like interact with the kids and you know, year one, we did that. And we had a pretty cool script and like, I've been working on it again for year two to try to make it different. Like I know I'm not nitro and I know I'm not in stadiums and I know I have very little influence in the world of freestyle motocross at these events that I'm doing. But nonetheless, like I still want to do a show that's fucking cool mm -hmm. and I still want people to enjoy it, you know? And like, I ride so many shows where people just they don't know how to budget their time. They've got an hour and a half they need to fill free with freestyle motocross, and they just go, uh, go to, just go do circles for 15 minutes. And yeah. then they go, all right, whip contest. And then they go, uh, go do circles for another 15 minutes. And then they go, oh, big air. And then they go, uh, circles and then final trains. And I'm like, bro, this is fucking boring, dude. These people have seen all these tricks five times already. Like yeah. they're over it. Yeah. So I've worked pretty hard, I guess, at like trying to find a different way to do freestyle motocross shows where you're not overusing the freestyle motocross. And I think we got a pretty good setup for 2024 as far as like how the show is going to run. And I'm happy with it. You know, it has to be tested, yeah. obviously, still. But, you know, that's the thing I've been doing. And I, you know, I put a mic on myself when I ride and I like I talk through the show. Last year, I hosted everything myself. Um, just from within my helmet while I was riding and while I'm, you know, I just parked my bike and talked to the crowd and it was pretty cool. Um, and I want to do that again this year, but I also want to bring in an announcer as well. Kind of do that rodeo clown sort of thing where yeah. you've got the announcer and then you've got the goofball on the floor. So yeah, lots of ideas. And, uh, the hardest thing is just growing it. The hardest thing is finding the people that want to hire you. And, um, you know, you get some leads sometimes and they go, how much does it cost? And you go, 20 grand and they're like <laughs> what and you're like bro like there's a lot to this you know yeah. you got to pay the riders more than 500 bucks a piece like the equipment's got to be rented and it's it's a big number that you got to tell people to be able to bring in a legit freestyle motocross show or a sem i'm i would say i'm a semi-legit freestyle motocross show and it's a, it's a big number. So, you know, you get your hopes up a lot. You talk to these people that seem like they have a bunch of interests and then you, you hit them with a number and they, they all but tell you to fuck off, you know, yeah. and uh, that's a little discouraging, but I think we're, I think I'm on the right track. And I think, I think I have to know that this isn't going to come quickly. You know, like this year is not going to be my goal year. This year, mm -hmm. I'm not going to make $500,000 doing FMX rampage. You know, it's going to be... <laughs> hopefully enough to just get by yeah. and to not, you know, be digging into my bank account to, to pay, to live. But, um, next year will be better. You know, yeah. I, I think this year will be better than last year. I think next year will be better than this year. And I think, I think maybe there's a four or five year process of like getting it to where it's like, I'm cool. Like, this is good now. Yeah. This is my thing and I've grown it and it's, it has enough. Yeah. Yeah. I think having your own thing is, it's always the, the move to, you know, yeah. But not for everyone, but for, yeah. you know, there are it, a lot of people. It's definitely not for everybody. Yeah. I will say, though, um, I know a lot of people 
like hear you talk, but don't really realize what the actual show is about. Even like Mace, because I've talked about the show, like, hey, I want to this weekend, I'm going to wherever we went and stuff, yeah. you know. And uh, he went and saw you guys at the Carson Mo- or Reno Motorsports or whatever it is. Michael's. Bro, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> let's get the name right here, man. Michael's Reno Power Sports hired us for freestyle <laughs> motocross. FMX Rampage came to Michael's. Yeah, Reno Power Sports. He said four of the wrong shop <laughs> names, dude. They're not going to hire me again now because of this podcast. I have nothing to do with it. <laughs> um, yeah, but he was there. And then uh, so that week on the podcast, he was talking about it. And he's like, it was actually pretty cool. Like you've talked about it. And I was like, I don't really know how that works or whatever. Mm. Like you talking through your helmet. And he's like, but actually seeing it, it actually like works. And it's actually, it's really different and cool. Yeah, so, that's cool. Yeah, so he said that. So, you know, if you impress Mace, that's a good thing when it comes to like freestyle. I know, so. I didn't even give him any beer, dude. Yeah. He said that about me? Whoo. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it's it's a lot different. Yeah. Than kind of what you expect. Yeah. You know, so. I agree. Um, it is a lot different. You know, we, I don't know how much you've said about it, but I, I tried my hand at a couple of different like interactive segments of the show where basically kids get to like make a combo you know we we printed up a bunch of boards that are basically monster energy 30 second boards you know Mm -hmm. and we printed all kinds of different shit on them and my wife helps with the show she's like my trophy girl basically and you know the kids get to create a combo by you know picking trick names and and they pick two out of three you know and then we ham it up and pretend like we can't do it and then we do it and then they win something right and then the kids are stoked they're all at the they're all at the fence like getting amped to win some shit because that's what they want like yeah. dirt bikes jumping in the air is cool but give them something and that's really cool so we did some of that and like i said i think year one was pretty good and like when i look back on year one right now i think there was um maybe a little too much of that i think and I, i've come up with some i think what's going to be great ideas for this year that way you know like i said i didn't want to have too much freestyle motocross i wanted to bring in this interactive element mm-hmm. and i feel as if maybe i did too much of the interactive talking and then, you know, enough freestyle motocross, but somehow now I need to take that, I need to take that half the show that's interactive talking, I need to chop it in half and keep that quarter interactive talking and the other quarter needs to be some other type of like fun interaction. Yeah. So I don't know, I'm just saying that to say like, I've got some cool ideas and if people thought last year was cool, that's really, that's great. I love hearing that and trying to make it even better this year. Yeah, and that's what I think like, you know, me being a parent, you're being a dad too. Um, it's all about the kids. Yes. So when your kid, cause my kids have gone with me to, to your shows and you know, they're chilling and they're like, that was so fun, you know? And they're like just on the side, they're yeah. watching and stuff like that. They're not even like really, they're not getting anything in the crowd. Because, yeah. You know, they're not <laughs> they're it to, you, you know, yeah, you know, they're my dude. kids. <laughs> so they're like, dang, I didn't get a prize for dancing. It's like, yeah, well, yeah dude, you were with me. Come on. Yeah. Um, we'll give them a shirt anyways. Next well, time. they got shirts last time. Yeah. So, but yeah, so to me, it means a lot when my kids go somewhere and, and they're super stoked on a yeah. show. And then also too, like if I'm watching a show, like I was telling Mace, Earlier this this month, we went to a birthday party and it was at uh, the Coconut Bowl and they got like everything for kids, arcade and all that, but they had um, go-karts. Mm. Dude, that's all I did. <laughs> I was smashing kids left and right, you know, like that's all I did. So I'm like, this is a bitching party because my kids were over there doing their thing yeah. in the jungle gym, whatever, play, playing, and I'm over there in the go-karts. Yeah. So like when it's like, when you could do both, when you have that show for the parents and the mm-hmm. parents are like, holy shit. Or a guy grew up watching freestyle and now he's a dad. Yeah. So now he brings his kid and his kid's having just an amazing time over there. And he's actually watching freestyle yeah. too. That's best of both worlds right Yeah, there. that's true. And I think for the parents, you know, we want to have the freestyle show be cool as a freestyle show as well. And like, I think, you know, you helped a lot with this as well. And I think we both have some really cool ideas for this year but like the soundtrack that's mm-hmm. for the parents too yeah. you know like we we fully did that for the parents and making sure you have a good soundtrack not just a guy up in the booth just press and play to whatever songs on yeah. random but um yeah man i think um i think it's i think it's got potential i think it's just gonna take some time yeah well keep at it that's all it is i will I because saw- if i don't keep at it i will be broke yeah <laughs> So come to the shows, support. Yeah. That's uh, FMX Rampage. Yes. So if you guys see it yeah. coming near you. I know this is a podcast, so they can't see the spelling, but it's like 
I was actually going through a bunch of names and me and you talked about all this as well. And we were talking about like using a movie theme and thinking of like back to the freestyle and doing like a full back to the future theme thing. Or we were thinking like Top Gun FMX with, you know, obviously the Top Gun theme. And I was just thinking, I started thinking of all, I just wrote down every word. I wrote down extreme, sick air, like all this shit. I was just writing down random words that that would be cool. And then I wrote down Rampage and I was like, Ramp Age, Ramp Age. And I'm like, dude, that's the fucking one. And uh, for me, it was like immediate, right? Yeah. Every other one, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I like it, maybe. I don't know. But as soon as I saw Rampage written out, and I was like, dude, I can do this with a hyphen, Ramp, Age. I've, to me, I knew that was the one. And I told a couple people, and they were even like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's all right. But for me, like, I was like, listen, this is going to be my business. And like, yeah. I feel this one right now. I think it's cool and funny and like, you know, kind of coincidental. So I went with it. And, uh, FMX ramp age. Yeah. Like the age of the ramp. Yeah, the age of ramps. Because yeah. I'm a ramp kid, like, yeah. apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That I mean, that's what matters. Um, all right, so we're getting close. You got to leave. Go. Yeah, I got about Reno. 15 minutes. So let's talk Supercross real quick. Okay. I know the last two, or we had two rounds that are kind of like throwaway rounds because mm. anyone could have done anything there. Yeah. So we haven't really seen these guys on, on a good track where – we're going to see like who's way above, mm-hmm. who, you know, Lawrence won the first one, but yeah. uh, we kind of saw. First one's always weird. Yeah. Right? We saw a little glimpse there. People are nervous and everything. Yeah. So now that they're getting more settled and stuff, if we we get a good track this weekend and he dominates, then we kind of know what's going on. Yeah. But uh, what do you think so far? Okay. So I think Cooper Webb is about to be a fucking manimal out there. Mm. Um, last weekend, hit like the late race charge like dude he was coming oh, and yeah. he got the last i think the last lap he kind of got blocked by sexton mm-hmm. and then he messed up out of the turn and missed a double out of the turn but dude he was coming and like i love webb's late race charges yeah. like you think he's settled in and then all of a sudden he just dude he turns it on and he mm-hmm. goes and i felt like at a1 he was doing that he started to like you could tell he was all over it was anderson that he crashed behind yeah right? yeah he was all over him. Like all of a sudden he just found a gear and he was going and that silly little, like real steep table out of the turn. He went over the bars on. So I think Webb's going to be gnarly. I Sexton's doing good, but I think he kind of looks like shit on the KTM a little bit. Like not like shit. That was hmm. really rude. Cause like Sexton's the I think it looks man. better. Really? Yeah. Wow. I think he looks way worse. But like I'm saying two mud races, it's hard to really mm. tell. We only okay. saw him at a one and he's probably thinking, don't crash your brains out. Yeah. And I'm saying he looks way worse. Like, I just don't think it suits him. Hmm. Like, I think he looked sick on the Honda with the monster helmet. And, like, he went on the KTM and they've got him dressed up in the KTM shirts. And he just looks like a nerd all of a sudden. (laughs) That's why I think it fits him. He looks a little less comfortable, it seems. Hmm. And all his interviews, he keeps talking about how difficult his offseason was and stuff like that. So, to me, it says that he really struggled with the the change. and, And maybe he's, you know... I was going to say not be as dominant as last year, but fucking maybe, you know, <laughs> he kind of tucked the front end at every round last yeah. year. But he was so fast, so fast. Um, so I don't know. I don't have that much hope for Sexton being the man this year. I like Jet, and I think we're maybe this just, listen, FYI, this is me just talking shit about shit I know absolutely nothing about. So don't take offense to any of this. <laughs> um, I think maybe we're at the beginning of seeing Jet getting flustered. And I think that altercation with Anderson is going to be one of those things that's going to like, he's still a kid, you know, and he's really fast and he's really composed, but we've seen him in the past. What happens if like things kind of fall apart and these are the big dogs, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, I don't know, like I'm sure you've seen the videos going around of like the Anderson and the post Anderson thing where I think it was Ronnie Mack, like, close up on his eyes like it made it it said it looked like he was crying after that and like i just think he's young and like easily not easily but could be flustered by mm. the big dogs and i think you know if he would have came in and dominated like the first six maybe we would have seen a different unshakable jet to where he would have even a bad race wouldn't have thrown him off but I wouldn't say he's had bad races but he hasn't had great races yeah and um you know i think maybe i mean he's 
these are the big, you know, they're yeah. the big guys, man, and they can shake them up a little bit. I think, I think he still wins the championship, and I think, um, personally, I think he doesn't look at those guys like the big dogs. Mm. I think he's so confident that he's. I think that's why he was so flustered with Anderson. Because Anderson was kind of, you know, I mean, obviously he was keeping good pace, right? Yeah. That's why he was in front yeah. of him. And it, it was a little bit harder, but Anderson made it hard for him to pass. Yeah. And you can see Jet, he was, he had, you know, he could have, if it wasn't for Anderson holding him up. Yeah. He probably could have been up there, you know? Yeah. Um, Anderson's, he's a tough one when you get on the track with him. Yeah. So I think that was his thing where he's like, dude, I'm so much better than you. Yeah. Like, don't do that shit to me. Yeah. Okay. That's I get, what I, I get what you're saying. But then they come in. And he's pissed at him. And he, you know, kind of grabs Anderson's helmet. Oh, yeah. And then fucking Anderson, like, there wasn't like a a snap. Like, after, when I watched it, I felt bad for him after that. Because I felt like I could feel that he really just got put in his place. And, like, he felt kind of like he sunk in a little bit. You know what I mean? Because he pulls up to Anderson, talks some shit, grabs his helmet. And then fucking Anderson almost just pulled his head off his neck, dude. Yeah. And like, so that's what I think is going to shake him up. Not riding with him, but like maybe these altercations after the race. And like, you thought you were one of the big boys and you went in there and you tried yeah. to, you know, that's a rub yeah. shoulders a little bit. And you kind of, you got thrown to the ground right yeah. there, you know? And like that stuff, that all, in my opinion, leads to like the overall confidence that you have against these guys. Mm-hmm. Like what if he comes up next to Anderson now? And his last memory is fucking Anderson pulling his head off his neck, dude. Yeah. He's gonna be like, oh, yeah, I better well, he, yeah, he for sure's on it. He's gonna detour from doing that, and that's that's the classic case of fuck around and find out. <laughs> you know, he fucked yeah. around and found out. But yeah, that's where I, like I don't like his apology, and I get it, dude. These guys are professionals. I'm not professional, mm. right? I'm not in the industry. I'm not. I don't care. So I like the arrogance. I like yeah. violence. I like all that <laughs> shit. So. I don't like his apology. I think he mm-hmm. should have been like, hey, Anderson, dude, when the big dog come and get the fuck out the way, next time yeah. I'm going to beat that ass. You know, <laughs> something like that instead of being yeah. like, Apollo, you know, I'm paying for his fine. That's cool. I, I respect well, that. I don't. No? No. Because that's dumb. That's almost, dude, every one of those guys makes plenty of money to pay a fucking thousand dollar fine. And most times the teams pay it anyways. So yeah. like, who? But if it wasn't for him, Anderson wouldn't have been fine. And- Ander- Anderson, Anderson stood up for himself. Anderson's his own man. Yeah, Anderson could have not done anything and he could have drove away and he didn't. So he got a thousand dollar fine and a thousand dollar fine ain't going to be shit to Anderson. And the fact that fucking Jet's like throwing money around like, dude, I'll pay for it. Like, well, now you look like a douche. Yeah. You know, you didn't before, but you're offering to pay his fine. You look like a douche. And then today Anderson posted something saying like immediately after Jet's dad, Jet's agent, Jet's everybody comes up to me and apologizes, all this shit. He's like, not a word from Jet, just an unfollow and all this shit. And like, he was basically saying, he's like, these fucking kids throw a fit and then they don't, you know, want to, they don't want to be a man about it, you know? So like that kind of says to me, like you made a bullshit apology, which is just for media. That's fucking stupid. If you don't mean it, don't say it. You offered to pay his fine. Now you look like an arrogant rich fuck. Don't do that. That's not good either. I just, I agree. Like, dude, if you want to shake somebody's helmet, if you want to fight somebody after a race, fucking do it. Like, yeah, you're, you're going to get fired, but you can yeah, pay. Yeah. You're competitors in the peak of your career. Like, I get the heat and I get how, like, fired up you get about yeah. it. Own it. I way rather, the headlines are more like, look at this interaction mm. than, like, you know, us as fans, we see the, the apology and we see the other stuff and we, you know, we're talking about it. Yeah. But, the actual like other fans that don't really like look into it too much, they're looking at just the fight part. Yeah. So if it would have been an actual fight, that brings way more eyes into Supergirls. Oh yeah. It's like, dude, we're watching for sure next week. Uh, yeah. You know. So yeah. Yeah, and I think, like I said, I like violence. I like all that <laughs> stuff. So, um, yeah. But I think Anderson had to because mm. if Anderson, you know, he's his own man and all that, but Anderson goes, gets his head, you know, pulled and everything, and then he's just like, all right, whatever, dude everyone's saying anderson you're a bitch yeah dude and anderson's riding good this year like those guys can't they can't move over round i don't know i can't remember actually he did pretty all right the mutters you just never know Mm -hmm. but like a1 dude he was on fire i'm like oh fuck is anderson back that's what i was thinking in a1 so like he ain't gonna get out of jet's way and jet's crazy if he thinks these guys are gonna get out of his way but um i don't know jet is the real deal jet's fucking fast and he's so good and so smooth and when he's on he seems to be on a level that nobody else is on. 
I, but we'll see. Yeah. Kenny's doing good. <clears throat> yeah, I was about to say that. I think with uh, Lawrence, Anderson, and Webb, like you said, I, th I think we're going to have some fireworks for sure. Mm. It's not going to be as easy for anyone yeah. if they're thinking it's going to be easy. I want Tomac to get in the battle at least, you know? Uh, I could care less about that one. I'm not like, I'm not a Tomac fan like I want him to win or anything, but like, I just want battles. Yeah. Get them all in the battle. Yeah. You know, let's shake some shit up a bit and mm -hmm. have different winner every weekend. Like, yeah, that'd be that's sick. fun. Yeah. But yeah, it's, yeah, I think it's shaping up to be a good year because right now, like, I can't find a favorite. Yeah. I can't find one at all. And it's been hard. And I think actually, like, going into the East Coast and everything, too, we're going to have more weather. Mm. too so you remember last year in new jersey it was uh, oh yeah that mutter and they stopped yeah. the race forever because of lightning and everything so i think just the weather this year is going to be probably the same or worse dude it seems it's already worse that was the yeah. only mutter last year i think right yeah 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 so i think like utah could be a problem mm -hmm. jersey could be a problem so you know for these guys it's not going to be as easy as just going out and dominating on a yeah. race track i think we're like not that i know shit about this but forecasted to have like a wetter end of winter early spring mm -hmm. you know, that's through all supercross yeah. so all these open all these open stadiums are going to be fair game for a mud race which is a bummer because like i don't really like watching mud no. races it's fun once in a while because it does shake it up and you're like oh points are crazy yeah. again but like i like to watch the dudes like on fire mm -hmm. yeah for sure isn't it weird that sexton did not tuck his front end in the mudders <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. One more thing I got to say, right. though, about that. Your opinion. Hunter Lawrence, I don't know who, if it was his choice, the team's choice, or who, whatever. Worst decision. Dude. I know. Stay, dude, he would have been dominating these guys. Did he have, he didn't have to move up? No, he could have stayed. Really? Yeah, yeah he should have. He probably should have. Didn't even qualify for, for the first round. That was when it wasn't even a mutter. That was, was quite yeah. a situation. Yeah, that was wild. I know. <sighs> he's it's a bummer. He's older, right? Yeah, he's older. And he's one. definitely he's got a little less than Jet. That's gotta be tough for him, you know. Maybe it was a little bit of like, well, my brother's moving up. He's younger than me. I gotta move up too. Yeah. You know, like But you're not going up there to beat your brother. <sighs> but they're brothers, sibling rivalry but, shit. But also you're not gonna beat your brother, yet alone Cooper Webb. Yeah. Like a Dylan Ferrandis. Like know, even dude. those guys, dude. It's a bummer when this happens to guys too because sometimes it's the end of them. You know, yeah. sometimes they bump up to 450s and they could be pretty fast in 250s and then they have this like dismal start to their 450 career and they're never, yeah. you know, Colt Nichols. Uh, Christian I Craig. Think, I don't think he's going to do anything. Yeah, Christian Craig, lights yeah. guy only, I think. Yeah. But gets a championship and then moves up and, yeah, you know. Yep. I know. It's a bummer, but that's what it is. You know, there can only yeah. be so many badasses. Yeah. Yes. I think that was a, a bad mistake, but I don't know on whose part what, yeah. it was his choice or. If I was him, I would have took one more championship and however many millions oh, yeah. come along with that. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, let Deegan, he got East Coast last year. So let mm. Deegan get East Coast this year and you get West Coast. I heard Deegan might have a broken wrist. That's what I heard too. Ah. And I mean, I kind of think it's confirmed because, you know, I, I do watch their YouTube yeah. channel. It's always Deegan or Hayden. Yeah. Uh, ever since that's kind of been coming out or whatever, you haven't seen him once in the last oh, like man. five or six videos. It's always the, the little brother now, which they never really show. Yeah, and, and I it's, heard it's what what's it called, navicular or something? That yeah. one bone that's like really slow healing in your mm -hmm. wrist. Damn. So I think he's actually. I don't think they've done anything to it to repair it. I think he's just gonna go for it. Oof. But you know that's brutal. So we'll see. Um. It's insane to be those guys and how commonplace it is to be like, oh, he crashed at the practice track this week and broke his whatever. And like you hear that and go, ah, oh, dang it, he got hurt. But like I hear that and then I go and I imagine laying in the dirt with a broken bone and mm. remembering like how bad that fucking <laughs> sucks yeah. and going like, how do these guys keep doing this? I'd be over it, dude. Yeah. Like two a year, right? You think You think that's what it is? Like most guys, at least one a year. Yeah, like a one pretty decent one, yeah. but then like ma like minor ones throughout yeah. the year for sure. Yes, and that's crazy. I yeah. couldn't couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, it's a different sport, dude. That's why it's so exciting. I think young blood. Yeah, just like fighting. Yeah, you know, not everyone's a fighter. So I'm not fighting anybody. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, dude, thanks for for coming on. Yeah, that was fun um, catching up with us, and um, you know, for hanging with the boys. Hell yeah, stoked. Yeah, so check out Adam on all his social medias. I think they're all 
Adam Jones, 760. 760, there you go. And then also, like I said, if you're in an area and you hear FMX Rampage is coming out, make sure you go out there and support. It's a fun show. I might even be there, so. Tell your friends, bring your mom, whatever. Mm -hmm. No big deal, no shame, bring your mom. Yeah, your girlfriends, <laughs> your side piece. Bring them too, whatever yeah. you want. Whatever you want, so. Bring them all. Yeah, everybody. thank you guys for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.